This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Robbie, uh, for mm. Wolves, it was already a good start to the season yeah. for Wolves. How impressed were you with their performance here today? I kind of got what I expected from Wolves. Three wins in the, in the last four. There's a consistency about this team. You, when you watch Wolves play... You kind of understand what they're trying to do. There's a good shape and system about them. And this goal threat, last two seasons, seventh in the league. And we wouldn't be surprised if they're seventh again. There's a consistency about Wolves that you don't see in Crystal Palace. Mm. When, when Crystal Palace are what I call a streaky team. I call them a classic snakes and ladders. They can climb a couple of ladders. You think you're going somewhere and then there's a snake there and they're going to go down again for a few games. And that's the problem why they've struggled for top ten. That's the problem why we haven't seen this team probably kick on as, as it should do. And days like today are disappointing. Even though they were better second half, didn't really create any chances. There wasn't really any big drama for the back three of Wolves. And that's got to be a bit of a worry for, for, for Roy Hodgson. What would you make of Wilfred Zaha in this game? It seemed that at times in the second half, he got a little bit frustrated mm. and credit the 19-year-old Ryan Aitnori, Nori uh, yeah. goal in the game and seemed to get under the skin of Wilfred. Although there was, there was a minute in the game, and I think we'll get a chance to see in the highlights, where Nori does clip Zaha in the mm. box. And I think he gets away with one there. Yeah, brilliant game, uh, Ryan Aitnori. 19 years of age, debut, scoring, causing all kinds of, of problems. But this little moment here is where... Wilf loses a little bit of control, and you can see he goes in with nowhere here, then there's a little bit of hand on, on, on the head, that's not too bad, but then there's a coming together of the heads. Now, if Nore overreacts on this a little bit and goes to ground on there, there wasn't a lot of contact, but we've seen players go to ground, you'd have to ask a question about Wilf's saw, and that's probably... Wolves, I think, frustrated a little bit with himself, probably a little bit with his teammates, and things aren't going well. And that's what sometimes comes out. And, and that's part of his game. He's just got to control. His emotional control is, has got to be there as well as his football ability. It was interesting there, Tim. The commentator said that Pep Guardiola will be delighted. It was actually, it was Matthew Upson, the co-commentator. Mm. Do you think he'll be delighted? No. I think that the, the smile was a bit false. You have to win the match, right? A win's a win. Yeah. I, I get that. But as we talked about before the game, they weren't ruthless. They, they were lucky to get out of there with a draw. Yeah, okay, they, they, they dominated possession at times, but they weren't clinical enough. I'm not sure he'll be, I'm not sure he'll be delighted. I think he's put a smile on because they've won, but he wouldn't be happy with that. I think he'd be happier than, than, than Tim says. That. I just think three points, clean sheet, played in Champions League midweek, we got the game done. Where 
where Manchester City are, and, and I think Matthew Watson talked about it, it, it was a solid win. They used to win superbly, three, four, fives. They're not in that form at the they moment. They can't also, find that, can they? They can't find the form. But let's just remember, Jesus and Aguero bring you 30 to 40 goals, changes the whole mm. picture. So, you know, lacking a real centre-forward who might take those chances. But, listen, it, it's just that I always think that fear factor that City had, that they could run all over you, it doesn't quite feel that they're there yet. Look, I think the, the one thing he will be happy about is no one in the Premier League is playing exceptionally well. Mm. We know that. This, this year, the points total is going to be down. Mm. We know that. They're, they're, just a, they're just a small margin off the top, mm. right? Mm. So all they got to do is find a little yeah. bit of form and yeah. get some injuries back, mm. back fit, and they could be at the top of the table very easily, not playing very well. So yeah. You'd rather be City than, than Sheffield United. One point oh, yeah. from seven, Rebecca. Only four teams with a point or less after seven, after seven games have ever stayed in the league. They're, they're up against it now, Sheffield United. And away yeah. to Chelsea next, by yeah. the way. Yeah, you're right. Away to Chelsea next, then home to West Ham. Second bottom of the league, Sheffield United. Frank Lampard spoke earlier in the week that he's not worried about anything at the top of the field. Yep. He has all the goal scorers, he has all the creators. It's at the back that he's been really working on. And you can see what mm-hmm. is different about this Chelsea defensive lineup now. Mm-hmm. Well, in regards to Thiago Silva, we, we talked earlier in the, in the, in the warm ups that he's not going to be phased by this. He's mm-hmm. played in big games. It's just a matter of whether he could, he could step up to the challenge and accept it. And I thought he was able to handle it in terms of not just heading it and kicking it, mm. but controlling the tempo in the back. Mm. Even at the end, we saw him go down there mm. with what looked to be possibly a cramp. But he's clever. Mm-hmm. He, he, knew, he knew the time on the clock. The fact of the matter is they got a top goalkeeper in, who they really believe in. He's keeping clean sheets. But it's not down to the goalkeeper. It's about dogged defending. It's about people putting their head in where it hurts. Mm. And that's what Chelsea's doing now. Is that the sort of thing that you think he's been drumming into them in the training ground and what few training sessions they've managed to have during this Habits, schedule? repetition, mm. full-backs nice and tight, not going away. Putting your head in when you have to, to compete, Rebecca, but not getting into fights. It was once or twice Chris would, like, pull Thiago Silva down. He just pulled himself up. He was nice and calm. Didn't get involved. Mm. Burnley want to fight. They want to go toe-to-toe and get you at it. They play good football from the back. I thought, they were actually, I thought Frank's done a great job of preparing this team. And it's the first time, would you believe, they've gone back-to-back clean sheets in the Premier League since he's taken over. That's a big step forward for his team. Sean Dyche on Monday was fairly happy, as mm. happy as you can be with the defeat, because mm. it was against Spurs and he yeah. thought they played well. It's like a step backwards for Sean Dyche today. Couldn't get it going today. Mm. Couldn't get the fight. I couldn't, enti- couldn't entice Chelsea into a fight. Chelsea played their way around him, almost passed the physicality out of Burnley. Burnley became a bit lame in the end because they, didn't, they couldn't win those 50-50. They couldn't get those challenges in. They couldn't ruffle the feathers. And that's when Burnley look quite ordinary when things don't get going. They've got problems, Burnley. Bottom of the league now, Tim. Yeah, they couldn't get to grips with the game. Bottom of the league, again, conceding a set piece with all those monsters they have in the box, that will be disappointing for them. No win in three after that brilliant start. What yeah. concerns you most? Uh, the, I, I talked about the defensive performance. They didn't seem cohesive. They were, again, a little, a little bit all over the place. They got stretched front to back, side to side. As a back four, that can't happen. And then you know, my question is, are, are, are they a one-man band or a two-man band? They've been missing Richarlison to the red card. Again, silly red card. Uh, that he got in the derby, and then Hamez not playing. Those two guys are paramount. Gilfie Sigerson comes in today, does a decent enough job, but it, he's not the one that's going to get him over the hump in these games. So are we saying the strength and depth is not there? Absolutely. You look at uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Rebecca. He's almost at a barometer. He, he nicked a goal today and, and you know, was getting his goals, eight goals in, in the Premier League. But 
how dangerous he was. The service he was getting when Richarlison and James Rodriguez are in the team is startling in comparison to what we saw today. And so there's a drop-off and it affects all those players in the attacking third mm -hmm. of the pitch. Do you think Carlo Ancelotti does reinstate Pickford for the Manchester United game? Again, as I said before, I have to go on his word. He said he's going to play him, and I think he will. But what Olsen showed today was that he is calm, mm. he is assured, and that he can make big saves. They'll mention for Newcastle as well today, Rebecca. You know, recent games, they've, they, they stay in games that they need to, make sure that there's not a lot of goals, got a draw against Spurs, draw against Wolves last week, and then today they've got a centre-forward now who can score them goals. In the past under Rafford, they've defended well, but never had anyone consistent who can score goals. Callum Wilson is the guy. Now, earlier on, if you missed it, there was a big moment when the team news came out at St. James's Park. Everton dropped Jordan Pickford. Well, Carlo Ancelotti said he was resting him and that he was going to bring him back for next weekend's game against Manchester United. In his place, Robin Olsen um, made his debut today and Everton actually went on to lose by two goals to one against Newcastle. And this is Jordan Pickford, of course, watching on from the bench. Now, Tim Howard, when the news came through, you were not surprised at all. You felt that this move was coming. You were a little surprised and you have been that before the game and after the game, Carlo Ancelotti has said Pickford will be back for the game against Manchester United. So it begs the question what was the point of the exercise of dropping yeah. in? Well I'm curious as to what Ancelotti's playing at here um, they brought Robin Olsen in late in the transfer window as cover um, Cover? Possibly. Challenge. Challenge <laughs> um, I, I had the feeling the way Pickford was playing that Olsen would get a chance that mm. clearly Ancelotti mm. with his Italian ties liked him to, to, to drop Jordan Pickford, play Olsen today, mm. say unequivocally Jordan's going to play next week, mm. and then also that Olsen will get another chance. Something doesn't sit right with me because I've been dropped before in my career. 22 mm. years, I've been dropped once or twice. Mm. And every time the manager pulls me in his office and says, hey, Tim, I'm going to give you a rest today, I look down my nose at him and I think, it's not a rest. Yeah. Because if I'm playing well, you're not having this conversation with me. And you say the goalkeepers don't need a rest, right? No. Terminology, not, they're playing badly. terminology of rest. Let me tell you when you rest a goalkeeper. When you're playing the League Cup mm. in the third round and you say you're having a rest, yeah. Alisson doesn't get rested. Yeah. Edison doesn't get rested. Your number one goalkeeper doesn't rest when you're in the Premier League and you're trying to have one of the best starts that you've had. Jordan, this is the first move of Jordan Pickford being the number two at Everton mm -hmm. for me. Carlo Angelotti is a very, very experienced manager. He's managed all over the world. He knows what he's doing. He knows the message that's been sent out. And, and this can't be a, a, a sign of, for Jordan Pickford, well, you know, rest on your arms. You're my number one. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. This is the first sign of, I think, him losing his place. Do you think there's anything Jordan Pickford can do? Let's say he comes back next week and does play against Manchester United, has an absolute worldie. Do you think there's anything he can do to save his Everton career? Or do you think Ancelotti's mind is made up? Yes, he can. The, the test now, we talked mm. about David De Gea, and mm. he's starting to do that yeah. this year. Yeah. Jordan Pickford has to put together 10 consecutive games mm. where there's no ricks, where there's no mistakes, where yeah. there's no wobbles. Yeah. Really difficult, particularly now the pressure's on for him next week at Manchester United. It's, I think it's as much about his, his, ability, his personality is mm. the most thing. Calm down. Stop being so emotional. Stop going to give my defence a security and a kind of serenity that's not been there in the past. At the moment when Jordan Pickford's in goal... Anything can happen, including injuring uh, uh, for another player on another team. There's also piles a little bit more pressure on him as well. Although they lost today, Robin Olsen did bring that calmness, mm. didn't he, to that, mm -hmm. to that back line. We shall see whether or not he sticks to his word next weekend. Carlo Ancelotti and plays Jordan Pickford.
Well, Oba, given Arsenal's record here and away actually to all of the best sides in the Premier League, is that a seriously big win for you? Very big. It's been a very tough night, but uh, uh, I think I'm really happy because the team did very well tonight and it's been a long time we didn't win here and so, of course, today it's a big win. Right throughout the first half, maybe tougher in the second, but did you feel like you had control of the game? Yes, definitely, and uh, at the halftime, everyone were... Um, Are you actually thinking, we haven't scored, we've let yeah, this slip here? Yeah, but we knew that uh, in the second time we have to, to, to score because we had some opportunities in the first half. But I think uh, we, we managed well the first half and then second half we had this penalty and then we score and then everyone wants to defend to do the score and we managed well uh, at the end, so great night. I just wonder how you felt stood over that penalty after just a little while without a goal. Oh, I think uh, uh, we work a lot. We lack our penalties in training, so <laughs> we are pretty confident and uh, yeah, that's it. You've bought a couple of really good players, haven't you? Look at Thomas Partey today, Gabriel at the back. Yes. As I said, the team did a great job. I'm really happy with all the boys. Everyone was giving uh, the best today and that's why we, we won. Does it change the whole feel around the start to your season, do you think? For sure. I think... Uh, we, we, we knew since the beginning that we have to we have to trust the process. Uh, as we said, uh, Mikel is bringing something very, very nice and everyone wants to, to follow this way, so, yeah. And were you aware of that record, a way to what you might call the big six? Yeah, yeah, I, I knew and, and uh, yeah, that was good to win tonight. It was. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Really good win there, good three points mm. for Arsenal. He felt they did a really good job here, Emrick Aubameyang. What impressed press, you about the Gunners today, Tim? Well, I thought they were in control. I know it was, it was a tight game, but they seemed to have – they created with. Obviously, Manchester United, I didn't think, were set up properly in terms of defending against that the, those wingbacks. But they created opportunities. They created with. They, it, was, it was classic Arsenal for me. Pass forward, move forward, lots of white shirts around the ball, and they smothered Manchester United. Your thoughts on Arsenal? Big win away from home against a big six team, Rebecca. That's how you get to top four. That's how you get close to, to, to winning titles. Three defeats in the last four. Wasn't a, a, a good time for Arsenal. Clean sheet. Only seven goals conceded. That's the fewest goals in the league. So there's a good base there. We talked about it already. Tactically, Arteta was better. Way better than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. His, his team, his structure, the way they played. Hector Bellerin was a problem from the first off that we saw. He wins a penalty kick in the end that, that, that is the deciding point in, in the game. And there's just sometimes a backer that points are good feelings are even better with mm. a team. And there's a feeling about that. You can see with, with Aubameyang and that. They feel like, you know what, we've gone away and we've got three big points and like we're in, we're, we're in a good position now. Going into the international break, another win on the, on the back of this and all of a sudden they're starting to think like, we're not far away. They've got Aston Villa at home next up. Mm. Go on, Tim. Yeah, you talk about feelings. There was... Mikel Arteta and his backroom staff smiling. Mm. The boys on the bench coming yeah. off at mm. the end smiling. Yeah. Aubameyang feeling like... He finally got his goal that he hadn't had in a while. Yeah. They, they would have gone into this game knowing they hadn't beaten a big six team in a mm. while. They hadn't won at Old Trafford in a long mm. time. This was massive yeah. for them, as you said, in terms yeah. of feeling really good about themselves. It's also interesting you hear from Aubameyang talk about their trusting the process. So yeah. that's almost yeah. another way of saying be patient because Correct. we are going to have moments where we'll mm -hmm. perhaps fall back yeah. before we can step forward again. But they obviously trust in Mikel, as he calls him. Yeah, which <laughs> <laughs> tells you as well the relationship between the manager. Not often, you know, it's gaffer and boss, but yeah. this is Mikel. 
and that they believe in what they're doing. They believe in the work that what they're doing, the, the clean sheets are, are coming, the lack of goals is, is helpful. And listen, Aubameyang's had a spell where he hasn't scored a lot of goals recently. If he starts clicking again, Lacazette starts scoring, all of a sudden this, this Arsenal team look a lot more progressive. OK, we've heard from the Arsenal skipper. Let's hear now from the Manchester United captain, Harry Maguire. Harry, after a few big strides forward in the last few weeks, what happened this afternoon? Um, so I to put a finger on it. It was a bit disappointing from, from, from our behalf. We didn't start the game well. Um, we gave the ball away far too much in the first half. Um, it was a cagey game. A game of few chances, really. They probably had one or, one or two a, a bit more chances than us. We needed to do more. We needed to create more. and um, It's a bad afternoon. It felt like, watching, that the formation that had worked very well for you midweek suddenly didn't work for you today. Is that what it seemed like on the pitch? Yeah, well, it worked so well in midweek that we went again with it today. And, um, no, we, we thought we were confident going into the game, playing, playing the way that the, the gaffer choose. Um, but it was important, important to start the game well. And um, we didn't start the game well enough. And... We just gave the ball away too much. If, if you play in um, any Premier League game, if you gave the ball, if you give the ball away as much as we did, in, especially in that first half, you're, you're not going to win games of football. So no, it's, it's not good enough. Um, we've got to go work hard tomorrow, training and, and improve. So why did those things happen or not happen? Why didn't you start the game well? Why did you give the ball away too much? Well, we, we can't find excuses, so um, we've just got to look within. Um, we weren't at it from, from, I don't think the concentration was there in the first half in terms of the, the clean of the, of the, of the passing. Um, maybe it was a bit complacent because we won everyone's patting themselves on the back, which shouldn't happen because I keep saying that you win and you lose and you've got to stay level-headed and you've got to, it's a long old season. And um, no, it's like I say, it's, I can't point my finger on it. We'll, we'll go back, we'll analyse it this week. Um, We've got another big game um, on Wednesday and we've got to move on quickly and we've got to, got to improve. Is the home form in the league becoming a real worry? No, I don't think it's a worry. Um, it's disappointing. We haven't won at home in Old Trafford, so, uh, Old Trafford this year, so no, it's, it's very disappointing. Um, something that's got to change. If we want to be successful this year, we've got to have a good home form. We've got to make it hard for people to come here and, and get wins and today wasn't good enough. Um, I don't think it's a worry because as you've seen in midweek, we, we came here and we, we put on a great performance, but there's something not clicking at the moment at home. Uh, like I say, it's, it's, I can't analyse the performance too much now because I'm slightly fresh from the game and disappointed. Um, as we all are in the dressing room, it's, it's really disappointing to lose that game. Thanks for coming out, Harry. Thank you. It was a strange result just from the fact that they played so well in Europe and looked like a different team, mm. but if you're a Manchester United fan, Tim... It feels a little bit like Groundhog Day. I mean, I feel like for seven years, seven and a half years, I've sat here asking the same questions about this Manchester United situation. What are your thoughts? Well, the mystique is gone from the club. It's still Manchester United, but people don't fear going to Old Trafford. And, and it, sitting in 15th, you asked the question earlier, is it, is it worrying times? It is. That, that is the longest walk in football from the dugout to the tunnel. Mm. And Ollie Gunnar, with no fans... They're not asking the questions, but I'm telling you what, someone in the boardroom is asking those questions. The frustrating thing with Manchester United, Rebecca, is somewhere deep down, there's a good team in that squad. There's a good team in there, and we see moments of it, and it happens whether it's in Champions League or certain games, 
What we don't know is the consistency and the regularity. We used to go to Old Trafford. You knew you were in for a game. Not like, well, we've got to work harder at home at home, Maguire. Manchester United at Old Trafford used to be the test in English football. It's no longer that anymore. And, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, just to finish him, must lead his team out, send his team out, and almost cross his fingers like, what am I going to get today? You don't quite know. Is it the 6-1 with Spurs? Is it great result against Leipzig? Is it, is it this result today? You just don't quite know what you're going to get. And the result today was after a penalty given away by Paul Pogba. Mm. I know you both wanted to pick this out and have a chat about it. I didn't like it, Rebecca, from a midfield player's point of view. And Listen, I understand where Paul Pogba is and I've been in the situation. But he couldn't be bothered today to do the thing that was required to... To follow the runner, you've worked hard, your lungs are pumping, and then you've got to stay with him. You've got to stay on your feet, and you've got to see the second part of the job out. And he decides to take a gamble, to nibble at a ball that's not there to win, and in the end, that's going to be the penalty that costs you three points. That's irresponsible from a player of his level and quality. Couldn't be bothered. That's a strong phrase, Tim. What do you think? It's an accurate phrase. He, it, when, when you see the illustration, he sees the runner. He checks mm. his right shoulder twice. Mm. Yeah, Bellerin goes in behind him, so he knows he's there. There's an arrogance about him, which is what, what won him the World Cup. But on the other side of it, if you're going to be in the defensive half in the Premier League, you have to do the dirty work. There's a point, Rebecca. You see the run and you go, there's one effort to get there. Then there has to be another effort to stay on my feet and see the job out. The second effort might take 20 seconds. Or you go to ground, you make the tackle and it's done with. And he he, he took the latter, he's cost his team today. Let's take you back to Old Trafford to hear from the man who gave away the penalty that led to Arsenal's goal, which meant all three points for the Gunners. Here is Paul Pogba. Really disappointing result and, and performance, really. Yeah, we know it. We know it. I mean, we, uh, we lost point today after winning 5-0 at home, uh, after a great performance, team performance, and uh, we didn't do it today. We need to find why. Um, details as well today, uh, myself. Um, I cannot, I cannot do, I give a foul away like this. Maybe I miss off uh, CDT a bit, you know, in this point. I thought I would touch the ball, I didn't. And uh, cost us the goal today, a penalty. And um, after we have to be uh, to be better and, uh, and score goals as well during the game. We need to, to be better with the ball and uh, be more dangerous, I think. That midfield shape worked so well in the Champions League against Leipzig. Creating chances, looked so dangerous, you looked so comfortable with it collectively. And today it was almost the exact opposite, really. Um, I think maybe we, well, we didn't expect to be uh, man for man, me and, uh, and Bruno. But um, after this, we can adapt. We can still adapt, and uh, we had to find a solution, and we didn't. That's why we were we weren't dangerous with the ball. Uh, we keep the clinch in the first half, and like I say, details details made the made the win for for Arsenal today. They were in shape. Uh, they were waiting for us to make mistake, and with the ball, we weren't that we weren't that good. And we, had, we have to work on this. You know, we have to do better than this. Myself, the team, everyone, we have to do better. Um, start from me. Very honest about the about the penalty. Did you feel when you made the challenge that he would give it? Yeah, I feel I was. Um, you always, you know, when you you try to touch the ball uh, before the guy, and I felt like I touched him a bit, and uh, I knew I was in the box. And I knew it would be a mistake, you know, like at the end I said, you know, I'm in the box, just shouldn't give a penalty away like that. Um, just let him take the ball and uh, try to block the cross. 
um, maybe I was um, a bit out of breath because running just before, and uh, that made me made me do this. Um, I would say a stupid mistake. Like I said, details details made us lose the game today, and uh, for sure I learned from that. I'm not uh, the best, I would say, uh, defensively uh, in the box, and I have to work on this. Always, we can uh, always improve. I can always improve on that and do better. But like, uh, like I said, the, the team performance has to be has to be better, and we have to to create more chances and win at home because we didn't. Thank you for talking so well. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Thank you. Most credit there to Paul Pogba for coming forward, admitting he said, "quote It was a stupid mistake." I'm maybe not the best defensively yeah. in the box. I need to work on that. He's also talked about he didn't realise that they were going to be kind of man-marked, him yeah. and Bruno. What did you make of the interview? First of all, I like that he came out. He could be heading home in his car, Rebecca, and, and, and not have said anything. I get the sense that he would have wanted to do this. I don't think any press officer is going to say, Paul, we, we want you to talk. So that's good. He, he took ownership of the, of, the, of the decision and his poor decision. When you're on top of your game, when you're playing well, when you're committed going both ways on the pitch, you defend that position better. And he talked about it. You know, I was a little bit tired and maybe I made a bad decision. It it, it sums up a guy who's frustrated, a guy who doesn't really want to be there making those challenges, who probably feels that, from the team's point of view, he shouldn't be there. He was talking about, you know, the detail and why I'm here. It's a little worry when... In a game like today, you've got to do all you, you do in, in, in a nil-nil and get a break one way. The player of his experience goes and makes that challenge. Agree? I agree. I'm happy he came out. He was honest in his mm. assessment. The conundrum for Ole Gunnar, which we talked about before the game, Bruno Fernandes is, is top, top when it comes to mm. that player in the hole. Mm-hmm. No one's going to no unseat him there. Where do you play Paul Pogba? Do you play him defensively? You just said... He's a bit of a liability defensively. Mm. Mm. Ollie knows that. Let's tweak the system to a diamond. Let's, mm. He has to get him on the field. If he doesn't get him on the field, he has to stick him on the bench. That's a problem. He's been a problem for, for Ollie. The problem of Paul Pogba continues. Well, Mikel, as you know from your playing days, Arsenal don't win here often, and they haven't won here for a long time. So how sweet is that? Yes, I didn't want to tell the players, to be fair, that we didn't win here in 14 years, I think it was. Did you really keep that quiet? Yes, I kept it quiet. I just tried to generate belief, and I just demanded uh, to be who we are here in any ground. And uh, I think the team that you saw tonight is where we are starting to be, and I'm proud the way we approach the game, the personality that we show to play against uh, this team. At Old Trafford and, and obviously delighted with the win. What did you get right in your planning? Because maybe even more so first half than second, you were, had control of the match. Yes, I think uh, we interpreted well what we had to do. Um, they play a really tricky formation uh, with diamond, with a square, with people dropping in certain areas that are difficult to control. I think we were really, really aggressive. Uh, we won a lot of balls in the opposition half as we were. In the second half, uh, physically, we dropped. We have played a lot of games. We could not maintain that level of intensity, but I think we just gave one opportunity away and, and we looked uh, really solid. So did you plan, maybe off the back of midweek, to face that diamond and to nullify Yes, well, they played uh, two or three different formations. It's tricky the moment they open you up and you allow the space in your back. is a really difficult thing to control, but I think we've done really well. I was worried because we had the two central defenders with a yellow card in the first half, so to control Rashford and Greenwood and when Cavani comes in and Paul is not easy, but um, I'm pleased. Well, Oli, can we say that Arsenal deserved their win this afternoon? Uh, out from uh, the first half, we never turned up. First half, we, the intensity, tempo wasn't there. 
the shape. Uh, they were better than us. Created a couple of half decent chances. Second half, it didn't look like they were going to score, uh, apart from the penalty. So we we played better second half, but still. Um, we have to turn up with more intensity. Having played so well in midweek, what was behind that poor first half? Well, there's there's many reasons, of course, but that's uh, that might be uh, a reason that you, when you played well, you think you, um, you 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 take your foot off the pedal. But that's not uh, how it's uh, how it works because this was a big game against a very good team. Uh, you had to be absolutely spot on with everything and uh, that slight little uh, if you're late in a tackle or they get away from you or you give a foul away and we weren't at the races it looked like you'd found something with the diamond formation in midweek why did that not work for you today you ended up changing it at half time well you've uh, that's uh, opposition it depends on the team you play against of course and how uh, how you um, ex- execute that uh, shape yourselves. Uh, of course, today we were too sloppy, too, um, too many passes went astray, the, the, technique, the rotation wasn't there, there was too many uh, things that can go wrong in a game of football that maybe went, uh, went wrong today for us. Today was your 100th game, and you said beforehand actually there have been ups and downs in that time. Do you still feel overall if you sort of even out the peaks and troughs that there has been progress that's not my job to uh, <laughs> to say that's probably for all the um, for everyone else to say but uh, uh, for me uh, I'm just just keep on working for the next one and for me there's a good group they, they want to win they want to go forward they want to work hard and today was a, a day that you they go home disappointed but I know these boys and they'll they'll get back at it again Tim, Robbie Earl said something really interesting um, at halftime, or actually it might be just after the game, um, about that there's a really, there is a really good team in there. It's about finding it, bringing it out and having consistency. How does Ole Gunnar Solskjaer do that? Mm. Yeah, Robbie, did, Robbie said it. I looked at him a little strangely, but he could <laughs> No, I, I do. I, just, I think that there are a couple of good players. on. You don't think team. there's a good team in there? Not, not overall. It worries me because, again, I'm, you're reading through what Ole Gunnar says there, and it's just a bit – I know the boys in there. It's a good, good bunch of boys. I'm not so sure that they're not willing to work for each other. They're certainly not willing to work for him mm. or, or play hard for the badge. There just seems to be something off, not right. He's trying to fit in, as we said, he's trying to fit in Paul Pogba. There are some – to Robbie's point, there are some good pieces there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but overall, there, there's too many cracks. There's too many holes. What progress – have we seen under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? He said it's for us to discuss, not me, but mm. you. It's a good question. What progress? I think I said to you, Bex, a few weeks ago at the start of the season, I want to find out if this guy is the right guy. Paul Pogba is a problem midfield player and they're trying to fit him in the team. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the moment is a problem manager for Manchester United because mm. we don't know he's a proper fit. How do we not know he's been the midfield? We don't know he's years. a proper fit because of one thing he said today, which I thought actually sounds terrible to me we, we won a game and I don't know what's going to come next mm. we, didn't, we don't put our, our foot to the pedal hold on whoa 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 it's your job to put your foot to the pedal it's your job to set a culture at your football club 
that goes back to the Ferguson days. When you win a game, it's about the next one and the next one yeah. that Liverpool have got now, that we've seen Manchester City have, that we've not seen in an era since Sir Alex Ferguson left this football club, where whatever happened the game gone past, you don't rest on a 5-0 win for Manchester United. You go and win five again and again. And at the moment, this guy hasn't got the... The grasp of this football club is too happy being the dream job and 100 games in charge. He should demand of every player that played today, this is a huge game for our football club. We're at home with Manchester United. We have to win the match. So, you, said, you said that he needs to set the culture. The culture's been set, as you said, by Ferguson at that football club. It's pay, play forward, pass forward, run forward. Oh, there's a game in midweek away in Europe. No problem. We play that. We rotate the squad. The mm -hmm. next guy's coming. We win in the Premier League. We go again. Like, that culture's been set. And, and as you said, it's startling to hear Ollie say, maybe we took our foot off the gas because we won a game in midweek. What? That, that's been what Manchester United's been about for the last 25 years. How much is it a problem that, you, that he says it's his dream job? It's telling. It's telling because I think that with Solskjaer, he is—he's the darling. He was the darling as a mm. player. He was the—he mm. was the, the the young face who scored all the goals, and everyone loved him. The super sub, that only that that wears off very quickly as a manager because people forget about mm. that and they want to know about results right now. He got this job scoring brilliant goals in a Manchester United shirt, mm -hmm. especially one really, one really good, one. really really important goal. He's not got this job. Sitting on the side. He got outcoached today by Mikel Arteta. Let's make no bones about it. Mikel Arteta, who's got an Arsenal team that's developing, outcoached Ole Gunnar Solskjaer away at Manchester United. And actually less experience as a manager. I mean, neither of them have yeah. a huge amount, but Mikel Correct. Arteta for sure Just has year, less mate. experience yeah. than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Manchester United losing at home today by a goal to nil to Arsenal. Their first win, the Gunners, at Old Trafford uh, since 2006. You could see the smile on the face of Mikel Arteta. Tim, let's start with the, uh, the Tottenham-Brighton win there. 2-1 uh, in the end. Gareth Bale getting the winner. We haven't said, talked about Gareth Bale winning games in the Premier League for, for a while. Is it a case with, with, with Jose of, of getting the job done now? Performances might not be great, but they're amassing the points. I think they go second in the table now. Yeah, it had to be Gareth Bale headline. Sooner or later, we had to see him on the score sheet. Um, jo we talked at halftime. Mm. They have enough firepower up front. Yeah. They, are, they are pacey and powerful and technical. Mm -hmm. They have enough up front. At the back, even though they don't play well, I still yeah. think Jose Mourinho looks at that and goes, I can handle this, guys. Don't <laughs> worry. My halftime team talk will be just fine. We'll park the bus a little bit. Mm. We'll see it out and be scrappy. This is, this is his kind. I'll tell you what was a bit frightening. At the end of the game, Bale, Kane and Son as a front three. Yeah. I mean, that's what the, the Spurs fans have been looking for, and that, that will give them hope and belief that yeah. maybe... There's a top four finish and maybe even better. Yeah, that's, that's, that's why they brought him in, to get mm. those three on the pitch at the same time. And it's going, it's going to take a couple games to click, but I'll tell you what, once it does, that's scary. Let, let's take a look at it, that Gareth Bale goal. He was on the pitch for three minutes when Regalon goes down on that left-hand side, pulls it back under his right foot and just drifts into a bit of space. And as you said, that's a really good header, isn't it? Because he, he's had to put his neck into it and work the goalkeeper. Really, really good. It's not what we expect from Gareth Bale. Right? These, we went, these mazy runs, but, you know, he's unmarked. Brighton don't do a great job of identifying the danger man. Clearly is the number nine shirt. Free header, and look, like, like Gareth Bale, his quality, he's not missing that. Look what it means to him. Sometimes with Jose Mourinho, I just feel that he's got this sort of management now. Mm -hmm. Last week, uh, tough game against Burnley. We saw Bale warming up uh, on, on the touchlines. Didn't put him on. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt he felt it's not the game for Gareth Bale. Mm -hmm. Today, 
with the game in the balance against Brighton, who are going to play good football. You can get him on the pitch, you can get a few minutes under his belt, and you get a massive moment like that. It's a boost for the football club, but a huge boost for Gareth Bale as well. It, it, it is, and, and we talk about how the points total is going to be down this year, and mm. we really feel that. Mm. Who, who, who wins the league? It, it could be a bunch of teams. Look, it's, it's Liverpool's title to lose, mm. but they're limping a little bit, even though they're at the top of the table. Yeah. Could it be a team like mm. Tottenham Hotspur? I've mm. said before, yeah. Jose Mourinho has won leagues with lesser teams. Correct. He knows how to win. Correct. It could be one of those Leicester City years. Mm. And it's funny enough, as I was doing my, my work this weekend, I thought, if you're Chelsea, if you're Tottenham, maybe if you're Arsenal, mm. you could be thinking, you know what, if, if we go well this year, if we put one of the games together, if we show the consistency and the other big six teams don't, mm-hmm. it could be uh, one of those... Don't just think about top four, but maybe think of, of winning it. And I know that sounds a bit crazy at, mm. at the moment, the, the pace that Liverpool and Man City started. Mm. And we're very early in the season, but a consistent run, you know, keeping clean sheets, not conceding a lot of goals and having the firepower that, that Tottenham have, it's got to start to be exciting. It's, it's starting to be exciting, but this is why they need to grind out games just like this. Mm. It's not going to be pretty. It's bright and it's a, te- it's a team and a match we should win you still have to go and get those three points. And so a game like today where they Mm. just nick it in the end, that's just as valuable Mm. as if they run out 5-0 winners. Everybody's got an opinion on Manchester United all over the world. You'll know that. Let's listen to the reaction from our colleagues at Sky Sports. Um, Where do you want me to start? We spoke before the game about this saying, but being on the front foot, you want to be aggressive, you're the home team. The home form's been poor, obviously. And there were none of those things. And on top of all that kind of lack of energy, enthusiasm, really lack of quality. Not really concerned me in the second half, you know, and they were getting half decent positions. They're obviously chasing the match. But no quality, no um no composure. Um some of the performances really, really poor. Um, you know, Ollie again, once again, he'd be scratching his head. We keep talking about, you know, after the Spurs game the last few weeks, have they turned a corner? You know, it's the, it's the longest corner ever. You know, it's just, I'm just not convinced with these players. I, I go back to it. I, I, we, we all talk about characters in Manchester United. I just don't see enough of them today. I looked at Rashford closely today. He's had a load of plaudits over the last few months. I know he's still a young man, but his bodily language today was shocking. Really shocking. You know, shrugging his shoulders when things weren't going his way. You roll your sleeves up in Man United. Things aren't going your way. And that's where you look at your leaders, your character. And I'm not... I don't. I was going to say I don't see enough of them. I don't see any leaders out there, right through the whole team, from the experienced players. Really, really worried for United now. I think the last, I suppose, year, year and a half, you were saying, listen, we give them the benefit of the doubt, recruitment, blah, blah, blah. What's happening upstairs? There's problems. But what I saw today, you go back to the home games, even against Palace, Brighton away, Spurs at home, even Chelsea. Real lack of quality in Manchester United and. Um, Long, long way back for this club. But you're playing at Manchester United because you're, you're expected to break these teams down. You're expected to run back. You're expected to roll your sleeves up. That's what characters at Manchester United are about. We spoke before again about Nobby Styles, Five for six, heart of a lion. I don't see it out there. I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see men out there. I don't see guys you want to be in the trenches with. Guys you trust. Ollie, Ollie's... I was talking, look at Ollie in management. You have to trust your players. Your job depends on these guys out on the pitch. You have to trust them lads out there. God help us. I never thought for one minute they'd be challenging Liverpool and Man City, but the way they've started is, 
you know, the, the top four and all this seems even out of reach. And at this early stage, and, and sometimes you say, well, there's no need to panic, but the results and the performance suggest you should be panicking because it's not been good enough. He says they're good boys and they want to win. I obviously, I judge the players by their actions. We don't, we don't see this from this group of players. We just don't see it. My eyes don't lie to me. I'd love to be sitting here saying they look like a great bunch of lads. They'll bounce back. Of course, football's all about disappointments. But this group, they had a dis- their last huge disappointment was only three or four weeks ago against Spurs. It wasn't three or four months ago where you're thinking they've not won the next 10 or 15 games. This team kind of reacts for a few weeks then kind of get carried away with themselves and think we're, we're a team now. But you tell me, Roy, is it not the, the responsibility of the manager to make sure those players are ready from the first minute? Truthfully, no. I don't think so. I'll argue all day with people. The manager's job, of course, he's got to oversee everything. But I never looked at a manager in all my career before the match, and I'm talking about great managers, some bad managers, going back to when I was eight, nine years of age. I never looked at a manager to say, are you going to mo- motivate me today? That comes from within. That comes from your, your DNA, what you stand for, your background, your family, your teammates. That doesn't... That, the guys showing up today, about, we looked at the warm-up. You know, I'm intrigued when I look at warm-ups. Like, Cavani never tried a leg. He actually didn't do a warm-up, did he? And then he's coming on a sub for Manchester United going, can you get us back in the game? The guy, and, and all he's talking about, well, we have to get him up to speed. Sometimes it's up, it's up to the player to do something. It's, it, 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 Ollie will pay the ultimate price, obviously. Ollie will lose his job working with this group of players. As night follows day, that's what's going to happen. I've been saying it for the last month or two, but you still think, oh, you never know, you never know in this game. Things might change, things might change. And you think it's up to Ollie to motivate these players to turn up against Arsenal home. And people keep saying, well, the, the, Ollie mentioned there's no supporters, the stadiums are empty. This is still a great setting if you're a professional footballer to play at Old Trafford. By the way, I think Roy, it's beautiful. I think it's, it's lucky there's quite... no supporters in there because imagine playing like that and against Tottenham with the fans I'm, I'm in there. I'm talking about the players. I'm talking about the players. If you come with all Trafford here, even I still love the look of this place when it's empty. It's fantastic. I tell you what, I've got the tactic for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer next week at Everton. Chuck Roy Keane into the dressing room before the thing, lock the door and yeah. see how they come out. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because with Roy, it, it's obviously great player, mm. great heart, great fighter, but different era, different type of players. Different mentality, never needed to be driven by a manager, even though he had one of the best in the business. The modern-day player is different. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has to do it in a different way. It's OK looking back, but sometimes we have to say where we are now and what does current management see? How does Pep get players going? How does Klopp and Pochettino and those guys, have we seen some great football? Yeah, listen, let me say this. I spent three years in the same dressing room as Roy Keane. Mm-hmm. Far and away the greatest leader the greatest captain I've ever played for. I, I, I dare say he's one of the greatest captains in the history of sport. He's brilliant. Mm. And what he said there is, I, I believe is truthful. Yes, there's some modern-day footballness to it. But listen, players have to motivate themselves. You know, they, they, there is, you step on that pitch, mm. and a manager can give you a rah-rah speech and set you up, yeah. but surely the drive and the motivation has got to come from within during those 90 minutes. The only worry I would say is that they, they beat Leipzig 5-0 in, mm. in the Champions League and then don't show up today. And all he sort of said, well, we, we didn't put our foot to the pedal. Some responsibility falls on his shoulders as well. I know Roy was a teammate, maybe doesn't want to say that. But the manager's got to take some responsibility there. He's got to get more consistent results out of this team week in, week out. Setting the stage and the foundation has already been there at Mm. Manchester United. You understand that you have to play forward, pass forward, run to the end, Mm. put pressure on teams in the 93rd minute. The fact that he can, Ole Gunnar can come out and say that Mm. and say, you know what, 
We had a good game midweek, but we took our foot off the gas. It's never been a Manchester United statement mm. ever. So I agree with you yeah. that, yes, that falls on the manager to say there is no more letdowns because mm. there's been too many. It's not the first yeah. time. Let's move forward to Villa Park. I had a great game there, seven goals, three, four, three, four win for Southampton. A couple of great things from Southampton's point of view in terms of the James Ward-Prowse free kicks and playing particularly well as a captain come through the academy, but also a, a real disappointing moment where it looks like Danny Ings has yeah. got an injury. With fingers crossed he doesn't look as bad as possible. He's had knee injuries in the past. Ward-Prowse right now, is there a better free kick taker in the Premier League? I think you said today he's the best. For you, he's the best. Yeah, I mean, you just, you just watch him here. He just, he's so patient. He knows where he's putting the ball. Mm. And he doesn't, this is what's great about him. This never looks like it's going to miss a target, and it never looks like it's going to hit the wall. And that means there's such a fine margin here. Mm. It goes inches over the wall, and yet the goalkeeper gets a good push, and he's still a million miles from it, and this one, he doesn't even move. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sensational the, the way yeah. he strikes Up the ball. And down, he gets it over the ball. So, so very quickly, and, I, and even there, look, he knows where he's putting it. It's... It's fluid form. I, I look at when I talk when I talk about the best free kick takers mm. in the Premier League. Going back a little yeah, bit, the, but Ronaldo at Manchester mm. United, Ericsson at Spurs. Yeah. But even then, Ericsson at Spurs, he was he would get close and he'd be he'd make you he'd make you think it's going. Yeah. Ward Prowse, don't foul around the box because he'll score. Let me throw a couple of ones at you, and if we get a chance, we'll just run maybe one of those before. When we were at Wimbledon, we played against Southampton. It was Matt Letizia in the yeah. day. I think he's just broke his record. Who was brilliant, like Ward Prowse. He'd put the ball down, and all he would do was concentrate on hitting the back of the net. So we did two things with, with, with Matt Letizia, and I'd like to get your take on him. First of all, we'd always have somebody running towards the goal as if we're going to stop it, and then we'd run up. And we caused a bit of confusion, running up, running back. The second thing we did, which is quite interesting, is you have to be 10 yards away from the free kick taker. Mm -hmm. We would put somebody in his eye line, away from the wall, so adjacent to, to waist down. If you can see where maybe um, the, the player's there, and we'd run towards the ball. Why we do that is we just wanted to catch his attention, mm -hmm. to give him something else to think about than putting the ball down and doing what he does. Because he does that so well, yep. and he's going to score. We tried two or three different ways, and we did find eventually... If you see somebody running from you from here yeah. and, and you're taking a free kick, you might just rush it a yeah. bit. Your technique might just go a little bit. You have bit. to do... You, you watch uh, Ward Prowse. He's so in the zone. He's yeah. so locked yeah. in. You've got to break him you out of that. You have to I'm, break him out of mm. that. You have to give him something else to think about. Also, yeah. the wall. I want... Yeah. The mm. against Ward Prowse, I want yeah. the four biggest guys on the pitch mm. in the wall, and I want them jumping. Yeah. Forget this myth about the the ball going under the wall. <laughs> yeah. we, we see what one of those a season, two mm. of those a season. Nobody shoots the ball under the wall. It, it, it's comical. Yeah. Wall needs to jump and be big as possible. Four goals, great day for, for Southampton. Danny Ings getting a goal. The, the one yeah. sort of bad mark from Southampton's point of view is, is this injury to Danny Ings. This is a guy who I said is the difference between Southampton being in the Premier League and getting relegated. 22 Premier League goals he got last season. Swan behind Jamie Vardy. This is the incident today. Five Premier League goals already this season. He's had knee trouble in the past when he went to Liverpool. He's one of those players who had to work hard to stay fit. And you can see the reaction of his manager, his teammates, the medical staff as he goes down. I mean, it's one of those horrible injuries, uh, Tim, that we're hoping isn't too bad. But um, Finger, you know, fingers, fingers crossed that that... that Whatever scan he gets mm. doesn't show something bad because it looked bad. His face said, said it mm. all. His manager's yeah. face said it all. Mm. He's had the injury problems, but i got to be honest, that singular 
play right there. It wouldn't matter if he had injury problems in the past. That looked bad. It looked yeah. ugly. He crumbled on himself. Mm-hmm. His ankle was stuck in the ground. I just hope the best one because – one for the player himself. Yeah. But he, uh, look, Ward Prowse was fantastic yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. But he's, he carries his team last year. Team the, uh, and he's doing it again this season. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Danny Ings, uh, best wishes go with you, and hopefully this gun goes well. How impressed are you, Robbie, with Fulham, what they were able to do today? I mean, clearly their best performance of the season. Absolutely. Huge credit to Scotty Parton and his team because he knew the enormity of the game. And I was just trying to think, just going back to, to the effect that this win has. It's not just the 11 players on the pitch or the squad involved. It's the under-23s. It's the youth team. It's the support staff. It's everybody around your football club will feel better about things because there's three points in, in, in the club now. Everybody's atmosphere will be better. There'll be a belief. Scotty Parker's team outrun, outfall, outplayed West Bromwich Albion in a huge game where West Bromwich Albion had one shot on target during that first. It's worrying for West Brom, and it looked like many times in the game Slavin Bilic was worried out there. It is worrying times. There is a disconnect between Slavin Bilic, his backroom staff, and ownership. There's clearly clearly disconnect. There's a lot of rumors swirling behind the scenes. I thought they turned a corner. I was feeling good about West Bromwich today. They changed their... Their tactical setup, they looked good in the last two games. Conceded a ton of goals, tied for, for most in the Premier League. But over the last two games, have shut up shop and been very good. Today, they weren't at the races. I worry that their next two opponents, Tottenham and Man United, it could get ugly quickly. They, they accepted defeat today. I think it then, and then said thank you at the end. There was no fight. There was no drive. You think with 20 minutes to go in, the kitchen sinks going in. This was a day for either of these teams say, if you can't beat... If you can't beat Fulham in your West Brom, we're in trouble. If you can't beat West Brom in your Fulham, I think Slavin Bilic's job is, is under pressure. That wasn't the Slavin Bilic we know. Mm. He wasn't really coaching from the side. He wasn't encouraging his team. He stood there. I won't be surprised to see Sam Allardyce on speed dial. You know, 4-1 uh, result here. Not surprising that Leicester won. Mm. Surprising maybe by the margin in which they won this game? Yes, 2-0 up, and, and the game was to play in the second half. We saw a bit of a re-energised lead at the start of the second half. They put Pavedo on one side. You got Helder Costa and Harrison closer to Bamford. And all of a sudden, you thought, game on. Stuart Dallas hits that. But huge credit to, to Leicester because they were well-prepared, had a really good game plan, and looked more threatening during the game. Mm. Every time they broke today, Leicester City, they looked like they were scored. And in the battle of the two centre-forwards, Bamford and Vardy in great form, Vardy's come out on top. That's why he he wins a golden boot, because he delivers week in, week out. Robbie, I just wonder... Leeds aren't in trouble. We know that. No, no. Really good team. I just wonder... I love when you call them punk rock. That's what Mm. they are, punk rock football. Mm -hmm. I just wonder if... This is, these are the results that are going to happen to them. I think they're going to turn teams yeah. over. I think mm. they're going to get really good results. They're mm. going to be hard to play against for certain teams. Yeah. But as the season goes on, more film gets, gets watched, more, mm. more things get analyzed. Mm. That's the way to beat Leeds Football Club. You want to press, no problem. We're turning you around. Get, get the ball in behind the channels. We'll play two or three strikers up front who are willing to work their socks off and get on the ball. And, and there's goals to be had because they're so expansive. But you're not going to change Bielsa. No, no. He's been doing this for years. He sets his team up, his training's all geared to a certain way of playing. What they have to be is better in possession so there's no turnovers and a little bit more security when that happens. Now and then a fullback might have to sit a little bit deeper and not allow those spaces for Vardy and Barnes and Pratt to run in. Because every time Leicester broke, to mm. be honest, they looked like they were going to get to goal. Yeah.
for Leeds, the good thing for them is the, the points they've already racked up, you can't take those away. Mm-hmm. They, they can yeah, secure those yeah, and carry those yeah, through. And so that's the one maybe consolation at the early start of the season. They have looked pretty good. Manchester City, Liverpool for the first time this year. And I'm tempted, Robbie Earl, mm. to look at the table and see Manchester City 10th, yeah. Liverpool 1st, mm. and say this one means more for Manchester City. Would I be right in that? Not totally sure about that. Don't be given by the table at the moment. It's slightly false. Man City uh, have got a game in hand. These are the two teams who've set the standard for recent Premier League quality and, and levels of football. These are the two most likely winners of the title. Both playing, both winning games, but both not playing at a sparkling best. And there's a couple of reasons, I think, for that. From Liverpool's point of view, no Virgil van Dijk, Fabinho in. There's been a problem. Nat Phillips came in, did a good job at the weekend. For Manchester City... They're playing some good football. They're on off getting back to the mojo. But when you miss Jesus and Aguero in the centre-forward position, you're struggling a little bit to get goals. And Ferran Torres is playing there at the moment. We saw him at the weekend, certainly against Sheffield United. He's played in the Champions League. He's not an out-and-out goal scoring the way that Jesus and Aguero are. So he's getting in the box. He's getting chances, but they're just not finding the back of the box. Manchester City are playing great football. De Bruyne is back on top of his game. At the back, Diaz... And, Le- and Laporte have made a solid defensive partnership that looks like it's going to keep clean sheets. It's just at the other end of the pitch, they're not quite getting the goals that their plays deserved. And I think when Aguero and Jesus comes, we'll see that. But this is Torres with the kind of chances that with the centre-forward, that becomes two, three, four goals, and all of a sudden Manchester City are back where they want to be. Yeah. Yeah, Liverpool will feel hard done by in this conversation because they are the champions. A bit wounded, not playing great. Mm. Obviously, Virgil van Dijk is a story. How do you, how do you replace him with what, what you have? But they'll, they'll use this game as a marker. Everything Robbie's saying is spot on. It, City seem to be fine in their mojo. When they can get Aguero, Jesus mm. back healthy, yes, they'll be clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Definitely have found a, a, a partnership in Laporte and Diaz in the back that they've been desperate for. But Liverpool... Have, have the right to stick their chest out and say, hang on a second, mm. this is our title. Mm. We're a little bit wounded, yes, mm. but I tell you what, with our manager and our work ethic, yeah. we can outwork you. And it's a big, big marker to lay down this week. It's a good point he makes. I think there's a culture at Liverpool Football mm. Club that even with the Van Dijk injury and the disappointment and Fabinho out, the culture is we win football matches. Yeah. We get to games and we get the three points. It's really been interesting that a couple of people who maybe we thought were squad players. Diogo Jota went to the football club for big money. I wasn't really sure about how that would work. He's come up with some important goals. Jordan Shaqiri has got back into the, the picture. Helped in the Champions League, made a goal. Lovely pass to make a goal for the winner for Jota in a game against West Ham. So some of those squad players are also playing their part for Liverpool. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp will, will know that his team, this is a big game to just make a little statement. Mm. Coming, coming into this weekend, Manchester City, it's not of the odds makers, they say mm. Manchester City is the yeah. favourite to win the Premier League. Do you agree with that? Well, here's, <laughs> they could be. I think they have as good a chance as any. This is why I think it's such a big game for Liverpool because... Manchester City will be licking their chops, thinking they're wounded, we're, we're going to get them. Mm. And I tell you what, you talk about that culture at Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. If they come up with a victory from a, from a moral standpoint, from a mentality and psyche, mm. it's huge for Liverpool. And both these teams have got European games coming mm. midweek as well, so that's always yeah. another challenge. Last week, Klopp rested Mo Salah, Mane and Firmino. He rested them during the week and, and they got half an hour. Then they played at the weekend. 
this game's big. There might be somebody rested in Europe this week to make sure that they're ready for the Absolutely. Premier League of the weekend. You hear managers say it all the time that it's just one game. It doesn't mean more than the other ones. <laughs> if you hear that this don't, week, throw don't that believe out. It. Throw, don't, don't believe it from Pep or, or Jurgen Klopp. A big one. A chance for either team if they walk away with a full three points to puff out their chest. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.